Are you listening to this episode on Himalaya? If you are, congratulations, because you're already using the best new podcast app out there. If you're not, you're missing out. Whether you're a podcaster or a fan, Himalaya is designed with you in mind and has tons of cool features like curated, shareable playlists and collections made just for you, along with personalized recommendations to help with content discovery. And the best part is, it's super easy to use. It's definitely my favorite listening app, and I'm sure it'll be yours too. So do yourself a favor, download Himalaya today, and be sure to follow Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries once you're there. Alright, what's up everybody and welcome to episode number 162 of Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries for Monday, October 28th, 2019, a day when normally this podcast would fucking be coming out. But obviously, sorry, I just kind of burped there a little bit, off to a great start. Um, yeah, obviously, uh, the, the podcast isn't out on Monday, is it? I know. Isn't that annoying when pod when your favorite podcast does that? You like how I'm just assuming that we're your favorite podcast? Um, yeah, no. Um, Mike asked me off the air, or off the recording or whatever, because we're not really on air, but whatever. He asked me how I was doing which is a question, or what I've been up to, which is a question that he never normally asks me. That's how you know we've spent a long time apart. Um, <laughs> to answer your question, Mike, I have been busy as fuck with this band of mine that, yeah. I, that I'm in. Well, I mean, isn't that a dream for you? Yeah. Like, to be actually busy as fuck with your band um, instead of, like, not busy at all? Being busy isn't so much the dream. It's more of the success part that's the dream. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah. That, that is nowhere near a thing yet, but, you know, we are... We're we're pouring the foundation. We've leveled the you land. You can't get success without being busy. Oh, I thought you were gonna say you can't get success without sucking. Because, <laughs> uh, well, that's not really true. Depending, unless yeah. you're tanking, unless uh, you're a sports team that's tanking the season, then yeah, I guess you can get success by sucking. Well, Mike, it depends on what sense you mean sucking. Oh, exactly that too. I know. Double entendres over here. I All told right. Stephanie, I, I, I told her, I said, um, hold on, I'm finishing a text. I'm sorry, folks. Uh, Can't reach your climax and let, you know. I told Stephanie, I said, hey, hey, if, if you have to suck our way to success as a band, then that's what's going to happen. I mean, if if there's just a dirty record executive and, you know, he's oh and he's asking you, yeah, so what, uh, what kind of... What's something special you can do for me to really help seal the deal to sign Dancing with Ghosts? I'm going to leave the room and whatever happens, you know, has to happen for us to become successful. <laughs> You've already joked around with her with this, is, is, is my guess. Oh, right? this the, is not things, like a... the things that I've said to Stephanie, <laughs> if it were ever recorded or committed to audio, my career would be over. I mean, and it's not what you're thinking, folks. I mean, we're just we, uh. we're just two like awful people and like our <laughs> our jokes and the things that we think is funny is so yeah. literally offensive to like 95% of the world. Uh-huh. So when she's on the few times she's been on this podcast, she we've been so dialed down compared to how we normally are. Um, yeah, we would, nobody would like either of us, but especially me, <laughs> especially me. But I mean, is that really a surprise? Aren't I always the more annoying one out of any group, any given group? I mean, I think that's a pretty inalienable fact at this point. 
I mean, I don't think you're that annoying. I, I've dealt with people that are that are way more annoying than you. Mike, I think that's the nicest thing you've ever said to me. <laughs> but um, no, uh, uh, you know, we're in October now. Halloween, all that kind of shit. Whatever. Halloween's fine. I don't have- we don't. We don't have any spooky segments to really talk about. Yeah, we probably should have. We didn't even think about that. But we don't have any because, like, especially unsolved mysteries, because we've talked about all of the spooky ones. Yeah, all the ghosts, all the mysterious legends there might be a few more ghost ones that we can but i mean if we haven't talked about a ghost segment yet that's because it sucks (laughs) we we talked about all the good shit i mean we even talked about ones that suck yeah like mr (laughs) oh yeah devil's backbone devil's butt crack more like it devil's asshole yeah, I mean, you know, I've been thinking about this lately, and, um, you know, I keep flip-flopping on the, oh, we've reached the bottom of the barrel. Oh, no, we haven't. Oh, yes, we have. Oh, no. I think I can almost, because uh, I just got done re-watching all of the Amazon Unsolved Mysteries. I haven't. I mean, I've just started, you know, re-watching them, like, from season 12 on, so I might find some more. Yeah, but, you probably will. Yeah. I mean, there there have definitely been times where I watched a segment and I was like, oh, I should have wrote that down for later. And I was just like, eh, mm-hmm. whatever. I'm sure I'll remember it. And then, of course, I don't. But <laughs> I'd say for the most yeah, part. Like, like the like the uh, the spy guy that we talked about last last podcast we were together like that one. Sure, I'm going to act like I remember that. But no, like um, I. <laughs> I've said it before, I've said it again, like all the episodes, when I first started, when we first started this podcast, um, you know, I, I wanted to make sure and get in all the segments that I loved at the in, in the first, you know, 20 mm-hmm. episodes or so, because I didn't know how long the podcast was going to last. And yeah. so all the ones I was like super passionate about and super into and all that, we talked about. And then through undisclosed means, we uncovered a treasure trove of all these other Unsolved Mystery segments that I hadn't seen in years. So I had a blast. There's some of those. Yeah. I know there's some of the the um forbidden segments that we could cover. Yeah, so I mean I had a sure. I had a blast going through that treasure trove and you know, oh I forgot about that one. Oh, I never even saw that one, and that one's great. And that was pretty much what made up the rest of our podcast this whole three years. And now if if you we're on episode number 162 now, if you times that it, it just being conservative and saying Oh, let's say we only did two segments per episode, which we haven't. We've done more than that, but let's just say for sake of argument. You multiply that times 162, and I mean, what is that? Like 300 and yeah. something segments I that we've covered? We're not going to we're not going to make it. <laughs> I mean, we're, if we're going to get like I I it would be a miracle if we made it to uh 200 episodes. You know, with just unsolved history segments. Yeah, I mean, point. like we're going, we're gonna have to like change the format up it, it, because on top of that, well, there's some documentaries. I mean, there's some cult documentaries that I thought looked interesting that we could cover. Yeah, um, and some other stuff like that. Maybe some Netflix miniseries, um, making a murder. And of course, there's always sightings. Yes, but you know, the si- sightings, the the um, dollar store uh, version of Unsolved Mysteries, in my it's still opinion. entertaining. I think it's still interesting. Mike, there's a lot of things that are entertaining out there, but aren't good. I don't think it's bad, but teach their own. I mean, I I, I haven't seen enough of it to really 
give it a fair shake, so I'm not going to say that it's bad. But I don't know. I just remember the one time we streamed an episode yeah, of Sightings. Yeah, that was like the, one of the first episodes. Oh, so, I, yeah, I, it, it takes a while for any show to... Except for Unsolved Mysteries. Yeah, Unsolved Mysteries yeah, they came good. out strong from the, <laughs> from, the wor- from the word go. They came out of the gate. Uh, I love how we, we, you know, no matter what we say at the end of the day, we will always defend Unsolved Mysteries. <laughs> like such Unsolved Mysteries nerds. But We could we could be at war about sightings yeah. and then, you know, well, there, still talk about segments and then... I mean, you know, st- I, I, don't, I think sightings sucks and all, but when they did that same <laughs> segment on Unsolved Mysteries... It was pretty awesome. It's like, yeah, it was pretty awesome. Like, <laughs> but yeah, I don't so, think you ever get me to say sighting sucks, but I, I, I get, I, I get it. I mean, it, it's, it's different. I'm not gonna, it's different. I'm not gonna say it sucks. It, trust I, I got to give it more. It's gonna be, it's gonna be a lot different because there's not a lot of reenactments. It's a lot of interviews, and the reenactments that are there are pretty cheap. So keep that in mind. Yeah, I mean, you said you saw that as a kid, right? Yeah, I saw some episodes as a kid. Yeah, see, I have um, no... And I watched some of it when I, as an adult as well, and I thought it still held up okay in terms... Some some cases are stronger than others, but there's some really out there, like, crazy-ass shit that I think would make for entertaining podcast fodder with some of the ghost stories they're talking about, like an electrician who, like, killed himself in the house and then, you know, has haunted the house and fucking with electricity, like he's Horace Pinker from Shocker... You know, have other other weird stuff like the alien abduction stuff. Like, there's they did re- the reenactments for that. As you can tell, they don't have that big of a budget, but there's a certain charm to it where you see like floating aliens outside a window. <laughs> um, but yeah, and there's other stuff like we could even delve into, you know, straight up movie reviews. Like, watch we could watch a uh, communion. Or, or, you know, read that book. Well, we were supposed to... We, we still haven't uh, watched any of those made-for-TV movies based off of Unsolved no, Mysteries. No, we haven't. We haven't done that either. Yeah, so there's, 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 you know... And we're, we're going to have to do that stuff in the future. And the fact that we uh, we rebranded makes this a lot easier. Yeah, right. We could talk about William Shatner's new show, the, you know, Unexplained with an X. <laughs> Isn't there an X in Unexplained? Yeah, but like it takes away the E. Oh, that's extreme, bro. Yeah, is, exactly. is it sponsored by Mountain Dew and Doritos? <laughs> and X and is it a uh, small? You know the X Games. Does it, uh, does yeah. it have the sh- I, I, the Shick robot in the show? <laughs> I totally thought that that was like. I was like, what is this? A lost show from like the two thousands. <laughs> The unexplained. Wait, hosted by William Shatner. God damn! How yeah. how old is that motherfucker at this point? He's old. Jesus Christ. And he's still hosting. T- I'm gonna look it up right now. How old William Shatner is? How? Wait, why am I asking Wikipedia how old? <laughs> Just type in William Shatner, you dumbass. He'll tell you how old he is. Sorry, you're not look- on a phone with uh, Siri where you could just be like, William Shatner, age. Dude, this guy, <laughs> William Shatner, is 88 years fucking old. No. 88, and he looks. If you ask he- William Shatner, he'd be like 88 years young. <laughs> Dude, I'm looking at him right now. He looks like he's like 65 at the late at the oldest. Well, he's also got money. There's that. Oh, dude, you want to talk about that? Like, I d- I had to DJ this party, this Halloween party Saturday for some mm-hmm. rich people. That's why the podcast is coming out late because I was fucking exhausted on the night we were supposed to podcast yeah. or whatever. Dude, there was this one old older lady there, and she told me that she was 61. I actually started like hitting on her. 
at, at the party because she was fucking cute. Like she was yeah. a really cute older woman. Like like yeah. I thought she was kind of sexy, honestly. And she yeah. was she was dressed as like a go go dancer. That was her costume. Ah, and okay. like the dress, you know, if you don't know, just search like the go go look or whatever. The dress like hugged her like curves yeah, like she's pretty provocative. She, yeah, she still had like curves like a younger woman would and uh, well, she probably keeps in shape yeah, and you know. Yeah, and like she was so like vibrant and like full of life and she was like wa- wanting to dance constantly and like she had me show her uh the wobble which is a line dance it's a stupid dance but unfortunately I know how to do it really well cuz I do so many weddings. And um, she was like, I showed her the one time and she she had so much fun doing it. She wanted to do it again later on that night. And I was fucking wore out. And this lady was like, she had more energy than I did. And yeah. I'm just sitting there going like, man, like it must be nice to have money to be able to like maintain yourself like that. Because, mm-hmm. you know, you might be, oh, you, you know, you don't have to have money to do it. Yeah, it's like, yeah, but you kind of do if you want to. If you want to look the way this lady did, like, I mean, I, you know, God knows the kind of creams or... It's, it, I, also, I would say genetics. It No, that definitely does play a huge part in it. I will not take that away because, I, you know, I saw some older women there who were not attractive and they looked their age and I was not, you know, whatever. But uh-huh. this one lady in particular, I was like, God, she's like yeah, looking cute. That, it, it's, you know, creams and exercises and money is one thing. But I would probably say the driving factor for that kind of thing is genetics. You win the genetic lottery and, you know, you, you can you can look young and, you know, stay lithe for a, a long time, a, long, a, a longer time than someone who doesn't have the same genetics. Um, that's just sadly the way it is. Yeah, and you know, I think things like not smoking, staying out, that too. staying out of the sun, right diet, you yeah. know, like exercise. For instance, she said she hadn't eaten red meat in twenty years. You there know. we go. Yeah, I'm sure that yeah. that plays a part of it. But yeah, I don't know. Anyway, William Shatner looks good for his age. I guess that was my whole point behind that. Well, that kind of ties into uh, the segment I picked out. You know, where Colleen Wood seemed like she was an older, older gal. You know, but still, you know, look like she was in good shape. And so I guess I guess we should do a a segment sandwich here. We'll do one of my segments, then you're then Colleen and then another one of my segments. Okay, you want to do that instead of, you know, (laughs) yeah, yeah, that way, you know, it's like a sandwich. There's some Josh, there's some Mike in the middle. And then so 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 never mind, folks, I'm going to be like Emily Latella here, you know, from SNL. Just never mind. What? What are you? What? 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 <laughs> That's a really old reference. It's from the first season of us. It's from the first few seasons of Saturday Night Live. God, Mike, I swear you—you you are that guy at the party that I'm. Okay, say you and I are at a party. I'm at the party trying to be vapid so I can relate to like you know younger chicks. I'm trying to hit on them, and that you know, and I'm being like, yeah, bro, lit fam, and I'm you know, I'm just trying to like you know get in their pants or whatever. And then Mike comes up and he's like, yeah, it's like, uh, and then you make some obscure ass reference that literally <laughs> only you and two other people would know. And then it's like the record scratch in the party and the music goes dead. And you're like, what? Haven't you ever seen Creatures Part 2 in 1983? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, no, Mike, no one here has seen that. Everybody was born in 1995 no, I except be surprised. you there's and some, me. Some, yeah, I mean, there's some, some of the references I make that, that are somewhat topical, but, you know. 
I mean, you know, this is it's this just, is the wild. The charm. This is a wild west. You know, this is this. It's is, part of the charm. It, it is. That's so. So I've been told from people. Um. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, this is. What, I mean, we're not on radio, so fuck it. You know, we can we can we can go there if you will. I watched a video. Speaking of radio, I watched a video uh, in one of my classes today. Well, I have only class today, and it was it dragged on forever. And it was this guy who was on NPR. And he was talking about how you should do audio and how you should talk and blah, blah, blah. And it was so fucking droning. And the guy went on forever. And he's very eloquent and he knew how to use his voice and everything. But he's all talking about like, this is what I used to sound like from like some old NPR interview he did. Uh, don't emphasize every third word. And then he was talking about you need to sound more natural. And then... While I was watching and listening to this, I was like, "You don't sound natural at all right now. <laughs> you sound like you you're like rehearsed just the way it is. I mean, there's no natural pauses within what he's saying. It, it sounds like he rehearsed everything and is reading off a a script in the corner of of his office somewhere or something. Um, so I found that really ironic, where he's like, you know." Doesn't sound very natural, you know, and, and it's fucking sounding like, you know, Mr. Clean Cut, Mr. Professional. I, I rehearsed this speech like 10 times before I came up and turned on the mic. Like, yeah, I mean, for me, like, for instance, when it comes to like my YouTube channel, when I'm writing a when I'm doing a higher production video and I actually write a script for it and I have to memorize a script and then recite it versus yeah. when I just do a vlog where I'm just thinking off the top of my head or this podcast. Mm -hmm. When I am doing a rehearsed, typed-out video and I memorize a script, it always inevitably sounds like I'm talk like, you know, my dialogue is rehearsed. You know, there's no yeah. ums, there's no uh, blank outs. There, you know, I'm just like... Mm -hmm. But it also doesn't sound con uh, conversational. Wow, I kind of no. struggled with that word just then. No. Um, so, I mean, yeah, there's some times that I want the conversational, and that's why I listen to podcasts, and then there's other times that I... Yeah, but there's a lot of podcasts now, that they're, and this guy is specifically trying to say, like, oh, no, you, you... He's trying to sound conversational, but because he's so well-rehearsed and, and probably had, you know, because of his colleagues and the way that he's trained, is beaten into him, um, he doesn't sound natural. At least not to me, anyway. Well, he sounds like he's just caught, he's doing a documentary uh, narration or something. You should have stood up in that college class and said, "Hey, listen here, motherfucker! I'm <laughs> I'm the teacher now because I have three thousand motherfuckers who want to hear what I have to say every fucking week. So I'm gonna <laughs> tell all you how to speak. <laughs> Lots of interruption." Non sequitur '80s movie references, uh, cat interruptions, <laughs> and just overall, I would say with that kind of stuff, it works if you're looking for a more polished um, NPR kind of thing, and that's what he does. So that's fine. But I, I think I don't really think that that's. I would say I would say also sounding. for something like an audiobook that too because i recently listened to uh the insane clown posse's audiobook and, <laughs> <laughs> and believe it or not they, they they do have one 
I'm hoping that it was just one of the insane clown posse members oh, just reading it. Oh, it was. It was violent. Nice. It was violent J from the insane clown posse. Was it hilarious? It actually was. I laughed out because because <laughs> he was like. He was going off the book at some points, but then other points he's like, "Yo, I gotta get, I gotta break from this audiobook shit here, son. I gotta tell you how this shit went down. It was awesome. We went out and played, and there were juggalos and ninjas everywhere. That shit was off the hook. <laughs> it was just, <laughs> but he was like yelling it, like, like, like his normal talking voice. Like I think he was kind of like yelly the whole time, and I'm like, man, yeah. I, I'm, I don't think I'm ever gonna get used to this. This is really grating on my ears." Yeah. But eventually I did, you know, but yeah, like if you have like a really <laughs> nice, smooth voiced, you know, reader, if you're listening to an audiobook, that that can, you know, that can make a big difference. But and that audio that fucking out of all the audiobooks I've listened to, and I've listened to a lot at this point, uh, especially autobiographies of musicians uh-huh. and comedians and shit. Insane Clown Posse's audiobook was a 22 hour listen. That that was by far the longest audiobook of any audiobook I've listened to. That's like the equivalent of like four or five audiobooks from other other people. Because normally it's like a five, six hour audiobook. Insane Clown Posse beat them all. I mean, you you knew about that whole motherfucker's history from the moment he was a kid until present day. It was crazy. And he's, yeah. he's talking about doing another one. So go figure. Hold on. I got to take my shirt off. It's hot in here. <laughs> hey ladies Josh is too sexy for his shirt Oh yeah <laughs> Too sexy for my shirt I might give you a squirt Oh radio silence after that <laughs> And you're talking about me I'd be the one that would cause the record scratch Like You'd make some you know, yeah, I'd make joke some, too uh, or they'd Especially, be like, if, I've, uh... especially <laughs> if I've been drinking Absolutely <laughs> uh, Which is often Although I haven't drank in the last two days, but I plan on changing that right and after. And then you try to tackle some girl through a wall, and then it would be. <laughs> then you get kicked out of the party. You know, party. that story sounds a lot worse than it actually was, okay? <laughs> I, I know, I know, I know. Yes, did the entries, if you, if you typed it on paper, would it read, Josh sent bandmate Stephanie through a wall? Yes, that's factually what happened but if you were there it, it was it was not nearly oh yeah it was like a it was to quote george costanza it was like an old man lowering himself into lukewarm bath water it was not <laughs> this titanic like eruption yeah all right anyway let's get to this ca- these cases here spear her through the wall no, no. <laughs> although like right now although i totally would though if given the opportunity <laughs> I don't know what it is, dude, but every time I get go to a party or there's alcohol, the, the, there's some female there that always wants to like like tussle with me, like they want to <laughs> they they want to like tango, and I don't mean dancing, like every, like three times now it's with three different women, one being my bandmate. I'm at some party, and at some point, one of the chicks is like, "I want to wrestle you." And I don't know if it's like uh, they they want an excuse to touch me or if they think that I'm such a little bitch that they could easily like handle me. I don't know what it is. I don't know what it is. But I have a bite scar on my right bicep where this one chick, we were wrestling and she like, I guess felt like she wanted to assert her I am woman, hear me roar shit. And so she like latched onto my fucking bicep and would not let go. 
And so I had to like dig my thumb. Oh, I had to like dig my thumb into like a pressure point on her like rib or something to get her to like get the fuck off me, you psycho bitch. What are you doing? And it, it drew she blood. She really wanted a piece of you. Absolutely, she did. And um, yeah, it left. It, there's a permanent fucking scar of her bite, fucking bite pattern on my. I don't even talk to this chick so anymore. So if you start, if you started like sharing scar stories with somebody. You're like, oh, that's nothing. <laughs> Look at this. Yeah, I mean, I got some scars on my elbow from my car wreck, but by far the <laughs> one on my upper bicep is the one that, uh, you know, jeez, man. Like, and you'd just be like, chick bite. <laughs> <laughs> and then the last bar party. The, the last one I got into was this chick who was really tall for a female. Um, she's like 5'10 and wearing like the shoes she wears, she's like, 5'11 or 6 foot so she's like a little bit taller than me and we start wrestling and she puts me in this chokehold and she used to be a roller derby chick so she's like oh, she's shit. like real tomboy already you know like real uh -huh. like rough and tumble and so she puts me in this chokehold and she's on top of me and she's like just tap out just tap out she's like don't make me do this in front of all your friends don't make me do this in front of all your friends and she had a fucking tight stranglehold on me uh -huh. And, uh, you know, at the end of the day, ladies, I'm sorry, but if you wrestle a dude, especially someone like me who, like, I know it doesn't look like it, but I do work out, like, weekly, like, I have more strength than you. I, I'm not going... Although, I don't know. I think Ronda Rousey would... would oh, yeah, would, well, duh. You know, yeah, there's always exceptions. <laughs> but, so, I, I finally was, like, because, like, when she had me on the ground, she thought she was, like, I was giving up. I was resting. I was I was uh -huh. gathering my energy because I then just started like wriggling my head back and forth like a crazy dog in a leash who didn't want to be on the leash anymore. <laughs> and I broke the fuck out of her chokehold and I, uh -huh. I turned her around and threw her on the ground. I was on top of her and I was like, yeah, don't make me do this in front of all your friends. Don't make me do this in front of all your friends. I was mocking her because I had been victorious. Because it's one thing if she had just had me on the ground and everyone, all my, even, yeah. even all the guys were like, tap out, dude, tap out. And I'm like, no, I'm not going to fucking tap out. And so I finally turned it around on her. Like, it, it was just, it felt triumphant because everyone had counted me out. And it's like, uh, now, now again, looking at that story factually, you could say, Josh, <laughs> you, you know, wow, good for you. You, you, you uh, physically uh, overturned a woman, you know, what you, yeah. you know, a fucking rose or something. But, <laughs> but my point being is. Is that every time women get drunk, they never give up. <laughs> there you go, Mike. That was a lot better than what I was going to say. <laughs> never give up. <laughs> yes. Yes, that was my point. Never give up whatever your goal is in life. Woo! See, this is why we need the both of us here. Um, all right. So let's go into these unsolved mysteriousnesses. Uh, the first case we're going to be talking about is one we did as a bonus segment on Patreon, like, forever ago, but I don't know. Our Patreon's kind of a ghost town now. Not that we don't... This this segment was worth it to uh, cover again for all you all of you folks. And we, um, we are we still active on... We the opportunity on... to hear the bonus uh, segment yeah. on this. This is one of the most infamous and just laughable Unsolved Mysteries segments that have ever that has ever been on the show. I do. Like I'm having a hard time speaking because <laughs> it's so laughably bad. 
It's so it's uh, it's astonishingly awful, and you're like, why is this on? Why why did they? Why was this even on the show? Had this show not been, um, number number one in its time slot, you know, back in the day, they absolutely would not have been allowed to cover a segment like this. But this was also like in the in the mid '90s. I think they were starting to have a little bit of a rating slip because this is when Keely Chase Smith was. You know, coming in and doing narration for certain segments. Well, yeah, and and this is one of them. I think. no, it wasn't. That, that what happened did. was, and this was kind of a weird case. Oh, she introduced it, no. and then some other. No, what you're thinking about is is uh, something different. You're you're. Oh, okay. So what happened was, this is a weird case in general because they were still on NBC at the time, but Robert Stack introduced this segment. And then he said, you know, now we're going to go to our Kentucky affiliate over yeah, in that's it. Yeah. W whatever the fuck. Yeah. And I forget the lady who he, but it was just some, you know, lady who worked at their NBC affiliate in Kentucky. Uh-huh. So yeah. they pass the story off onto them and. It's probably because, uh, probably because Robert Stack took one look at like the, the story and. And everything, and he was like, "Fuck this." He was probably like, "Oh, come on, guys, you know, uh, really." But yeah, so so what? It's like, I'm not doing this. <laughs> when he hands the torch off to, all right, I'm gonna head out. <laughs> when he when he passes the torch on uh, to to the other to the news affiliate, it basically becomes like a local TV news story yeah. that you would see mm-hmm. on like a news. A program in the 90s like yeah like, there's no reenactments or anything no either, it's just, it's all like feel on the field type news stuff where it was very short too it's yeah. not very long it's like a few minutes or something oh it's short but it's sweet it's it's oh very, yeah it's very it's very sweet <laughs> um so I'll, I'll go ahead and read the the thing here and then then i'll i'll comment on it uh, thousands of people have flocked to Valley Hill in Springfield, Kentucky, because of several visions of the Virgin Mary, along with random bursts of color and showers of golden flakes. The person to have seen the visions was the owner of Valley Hill, Iona Wright, who claims to have seen several different visions for many years. Huh. The owner of Valley Hill. Yeah. I don't know about you, but that raises a lot of red flags. <laughs> Let's just say it raises her profile on uh, Google Maps oh, yeah. if she's got a lot of people well, exactly. reading her Exactly, but also think about it. Like, you're in Kentucky, you're in Springfield. I, it seems like it's a pretty religious uh, part of the United States, like devoutly Christian uh, I'm sure it's, Christian I'm sure it's or still in the Bible Belt. And it's in the, in the Bible Belt. You know, what a better way to raise your profile and also get maybe some profits rolling in. You know, by saying, you know, there's miracles in my hills. <laughs> yeah, Kentucky is considered the Bible Belt. Yeah. But uh, anyway, and, and to it, you know, it wouldn't surprise me if, like, you know, c- you know inconspicuously on the side of the, uh, you know, road leading to this is, uh, you know, uh, Miss Iona Wright's Boiled Peanut Stand, only $20 for per Holy sack of glowing peanuts, you know, <laughs> some kind of bullshit like that. It's like the uh, yeah. people who raise the uh, the white buffalo, you know, uh, uh-huh. I'm sure, you know, it's like they refuse to sell the white buffalo. Yeah, uh, I'm sure there's something yeah, behind so people that. People can come go. These people can come visit the white buffalo and then 
buy all the white buffalo merchandise. Right. Yeah, I'm, sh- I'm sure that the, one of the conditions was that they not show that in the segment, but I'm sure the owners of, of the farm that had the white buffalo had some kind of uh, way to monetize. White buffalo. Yeah, monetize that, white, that uh, experience. But anyway, on the day Unsolved Mysteries arrived, which I don't believe that they actually arrived because like i said yeah, it was literally really. filmed with like a just your local news anchor camera with uh you know the host uh wasn't even bob stack it was the some lady from the news affiliate and uh she was doing the voiceover as well like robert stack had nothing it didn't feel like unsolved mystery has anything to do with it except for the beginning and at the end yeah so anyway several eyewitnesses claim to have seen several things in the sky including strange dots and visions other people saw uh, other others saw people with gold on their faces. The most dramatic episode involved a Sunday school teacher and Mud, what an appropriate name, uh, and her eight students uh, on April 6, 1995. Um, one of the girls, Mandy Matingley, claimed to have seen some strange colors around the sun. Soon, the rest of the girls saw strange colors around the sun, claiming that it was pulsating. Now, for as dumb as these kids are, I highly doubt they knew what the word uh, pulsating meant. So uh, I, I don't think they were throwing that word around, but I still think it was funny that they kept saying it in the yeah, segment. Yeah, I was, I was trying to share with Josh the, the photo. <laughs> That's just hilarious. Oh, no, I know. It's it's <laughs> It looks like the uh, cover of Leonard Skinner's Street Survivors album, where like everyone who was touched by the flames died in the plane crash. Like it looks, it looks uh-huh. like it looks like that kind of, but like a fat little southern dork bumpkin, you know, version of that. Yeah, just this, just this total goober girl. Yes, she, who's just she standing looks there, very much like a goober, with, with this stupid, just ridiculous grin on her face, as if she like overdosed on fucking ecstasy or something, and then that was like the last photo before she died. <laughs> this fucking crap. Or she like, I don't know, like had to fart really bad and was able to like sneak away from the group just in the nick of time to like just really let it rip. And she's like, ah, oh, the relief. Um. So anyway, blah blah blah. And that was supposed to be photographic evidence of of the angels. Yeah, one of the pictures showed angels around a girl, and I love how they just automatically assume it's angels, and they're saying it just matter of fact. They're like, and, and, and they we took a picture of, you know, Sabrina, whatever, and she had angels, and you could see the angels in the picture, and, uh, you know... Uh, it's a light leak. <laughs> and uh, then you, you saw another picture, and it had the name of a, a deceased cousin... Uh, kind of superimposed underneath the picture, which was a sign from God. Uh, and then there were, you know, other people covered in gold and blah, blah, blah. And the mothers of the two girls were skeptical at first, but then they began having visions and soon became believers. And um, then uh, Dr. Party Pooper comes in. Uh, Dr. Joe Nickel, uh, he was a paranormal investigator from the magazine known as the Skeptic, the Skeptical Inquirer. He investigated the photographs and claimed that the cause of the angel pictures were due to cartridge leakage. Yeah, if he just came in and just blew a massive skeptic whistle on everybody. Yes, <laughs> yes, and it sounded a little something like this. 
<laughs> so yeah, basically they're taking these pictures with like a Polaroid camera, and we put the cartridge in the camera. And it's funny because he's even saying, because at first he's like, yeah, you know, that this was light leakage from the uh, cartridge when you put it into the camera. If you touch it at all in this, you know, certain kind of way, it's going to open it up, and even if the small spit of light gets in there, it's going to create these streaks, which is clearly what's in this picture. And, yeah. and then the other picture, uh, he's like, he's like, yeah, again, this cartridge, this uh, this camera, or was so uh, poorly handled that uh, you know it, it uh, light was able to seep in. And then like the last one where it had the deceased cousin's uh, name on the tombstone, it was actually like this uh, card that. It was a chart. It was a chart that was in the back of the Polaroid photo pack. Yeah, and it was literally just that chart, but reversed. And when it was, yeah. and when it was reversed, it I guess appeared to what had uh, the the cousin's name on it. But it's, yeah. it literally just says tax subtotal blah blah blah. Yeah. <laughs> but you know, good luck convincing some of these people. You know, a lot of these people who believe in this, they're delusional. And, you know, they're not going to, they're going to be like, no, it's a sign from God. I know it. You know, it, it's, it, and I, even if there's like obvious evidence that's laid out in front of them that says this is bullshit. It's um, not a sign from God. It's a sign that you're gullible as fuck. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, they're, they're, no, they're just going to be like, no, it's a sign from God. I believe what I believe. And that's that. These are the same people who's like, oh, my God, guys. Uh, some prince from Nigeria wants to wire me $2 million and he just needs me to have it as his dying wish. Yeah. I'm going to become and they And they also, I have to be honest, like they really did represent the stereotypical country bumpkin, you know, kind of, you know, the the whole really thick accents and everything. And just, I saw angels. <laughs> I don't care what no one else has to say. Cause I saw them and that's all that counts. Oh boy. <laughs> you know? But I mean, here's the thing, you know why you saw golden colors and pulsating light and all that shit. Cause you stared into the fucking sun. <laughs> you Dumbass! <laughs> you bunch of fucking country redneck, fucking low rent white trash, <laughs> mayonnaise sandwich eating, fucking trailer park dwelling redneck motherfuckers. And I'm allowed to say all that because I am low rent, I am white trash, and goddammit, I came from a trailer. So fuck you out there who's all, hey, don't you say that about us, you fucking liberal elite Hollywood. No, no, no. I'm, I, 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 I I, my accent, my lack of an accent belies how fucking Southern I really am, but I, I am, trust me. If you were ever able to hear my dad speak back when he was around, I mean, good Lord. My, people would meet my dad and they're like, "That's is that your real dad? I'm like, yep, that's that's my real dad. Like, he had the thickest mm -hmm. Southern accent that you, you could believe. Um, it's kind of It's kind of like, I don't know if anyone who's listening uh, watches the show Good Mythical Morning on YouTube, but Link's dad, you know, he's he has this really thick accent, and Link doesn't really have the the thick the thick accent that his dad has. I sound, you know, it's really eerie. I sound almost exactly like my dad. Like it was so, it, it's it's so close that I remember 
calling my my uh my stepmom one time and she chewed me out on the phone and then when I later revealed to her that it's me, she was like, Oh my god, I'm sorry. I thought you were John. <laughs> and it's like, no. <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to pull. I'm and trying to see if I can pull up. Uh, it's it's really it's really strange and surreal. Like when you sound like your your father, like it's like there's like little to no difference at all. It, it's like, what the fuck? I'm trying to see if I can pull up an old voicemail from my dad, and just to give you guys an example. Hold on a second. Let me see here. Uh, I was just calling you to say I found on uh, YouTube. Excuse me, I found on YouTube uh, a Genesis. Uh, concert, and it was one of the ones where he wore that bat costume, Peter Gabriel, and this is when they were first starting out, man, he still had a forehead of hair, but um, Steve Hackett's with them and everything else, and this when they first started out, man, when they hit the stage, and you see where they're talking about how Peter Gabriel was, you know, shy and bashful, and he would turn around with that bat. Yeah, so... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was my dad. That was actually kind of that was that, yeah. that was kind of rough. I haven't I haven't actually listened to that voicemail uh-huh. since my dad passed away, so I haven't heard yeah. I haven't heard his voice in a while. So yeah, yeah. that, that kind of made me smile, but made me sad at the same time. But mm-hmm. you can you can hear how uh, how fucking you know he had a he had a he had a he had a real deep uh, he had a real deep kind of accent there. But um, yeah, I don't know, man. It's 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 like one of these things where it's kind of sad because like you know people who are gonna be this gullible with this kind of shit and it'd be okay. So it's one. These are the type of people that would end up in some kind of cult. Oh, it's, to me, it was like it was one thing for the kids to you know believe that or whatever. Yeah, is totally another irresponsible thing. Grown ass men and for women, grown ups, <laughs> to to let this fantasy. You know, to I mean, I don't know. I guess I guess the parents want they want their fifteen seconds of fame. Well, I honestly think that they they want to instill the realness of their religion to their kids. Well, that too, so yeah. it's like, yeah, that is God. That is this, that, and the other. You know, and and even in the segment, they're like, oh, we weren't staring directly at the sun. Everybody knows when you stare directly at the sun, it can play tricks on your eyeballs and this and the other. It doesn't matter if you stare directly at the sun, even if you stare at the rays of the sun that are. You know, uh-huh. through the branches and shit, you're gonna all that light going straight into your cornea is gonna create these kind of like after effects uh-huh. and the after images that you're gonna you're gonna see sparkly. It's like, come on, people! <laughs> Staring at the sun was one of my favorite activities as a kid. How do you not know that that's gonna happen? Have you, has any of you ever? Been, I'm surprised you're st- you still have sight if that's your favorite. Well, my one guy, of your favorite I, you know, activities we, as a kid. we grew up really close to the power line, so I don't, I don't, I think our intelligence was affected a little bit. But <laughs> you know, we we did a. I mean, that was one of many, many, many stupid things. The power line sapped some of your uh, brain cells. Yeah, I mean, not to mention I was, <laughs> you know, I was born without a heartbeat, and the doctors had to inject me with adrenaline straight to my heart. Oh, I didn't know about that. Yeah, I Man. was. Yeah, I was pretty much like a stillborn. If it wasn't for the wonders of modern medicine, I wouldn't be here today. So, well, I'm glad you're here. I mean, I am too, but at the same time, I didn't ask to be here. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't have a choice. I didn't have to be born, Mom and Dad. Fuck you. Uh, I only got a Lexus for my birthday. I didn't get a BMW. You guys are assholes. <laughs> I'll be in my room on the second story. Behind the promenade. 
That's great. Um, That's such gold. Like, cause it, <laughs> it just it just nailed the whole spoil. Just reminds me of that that there. stupid. Uh, because the kids just the kids like mad and there's like I'll be behind the private. <laughs> um, do you remember that show, My Super Sweet Sixteen, on MTV? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. yeah, and all, how all the 16-year-olds on there were little shits. Yeah, the the girl who's like, I didn't get a horse or I didn't get my pony, you know, for... for... Those people are... Ho- those kids are awful. Yeah, I know. Well, I mean, they're kids. They're spoiled fucking nah, rich dude, kids. Their I was a kid, too, them. and I wasn't... I wasn't... Their parents is... It's a parent thing, too. Yeah, those they, parents they, spoiled I, I get, the fuck yeah, out of those kids. Yeah, they enabled them, I guess, but Jesus Christ, man. But yeah, I mean, the, I mean, the thing... Th- that's, that's why, folks, you shouldn't cave to your kids like if you have kids don't be one of those where the kid throws a tantrum and then you're like all right fine i'll get you that because you know you'll finally leave me alone and shut up like they're good they pick up on that and they can they carry that into their 16 all the way till their teens yeah yeah it, it just sucks to me because like this whole, you know, thing that that went down, it's just like these kids are going to get older and hopefully they they grow out of it and all. But I mean, it's some of them do. Some of them don't because they're privileged, rich kids. To me, it's kind of and it's, they continue to be privileged, rich kids. It's like shame on the parents, you know, for 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 uh, perpetuating the whole like, you know, yeah, that's, spoiled rich princess. Well, no, I'm, ta- I'm back on the, the 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 lights. The the. Oh, OK, yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm done with that rich. but but yeah i mean i i feel you on that like it's it's really too bad but that you know and for some people and some families the religion is is like that you know and and it's 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 an indoctrination kind of thing um speaking of religion i know i said we were going to do a segment sandwich but this is just too good of a segue um we're we're gonna quickly touch upon the case since it's you know since it's been so long we're trying to give you guys a double stuffed podcast here yeah, um, yeah. We're gonna. I don't really have much else to say about the Kentucky Visions except it's bullshit. Yes, it's 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 one of those. When I first saw this, I was laughing, and then I was like, "Just bullshit." I was just like, "This is a bunch of bullshit." Reality, bullshit. Reality, bullshit. This is bullshit. Like this is the kind of stuff that would be on that. <laughs> I, I'm just like. I don't even know if sightings. I don't even remember sightings covering that many miracles. So it'd be one of those things. It'd be like, yeah, I don't even think sightings would go this low. Um, and there's a reason why. I think this is like. I don't know if this is on Amazon or not. I think it is. Uh, it's on the it, uh, Miracles Ultimate Collection box set, which is apparently <laughs> the most expensive one to get. It is, and it's not worth the money. Trust me. Because it has segments like this. Oh, I would say pound for it. pound, the Miracles uh, set is the worst. I mean, yeah, by far. But, I mean, speaking of the whole ratings thing that I said earlier, um, I was actually watching this D- the Miracles DVD to get ready for this podcast uh-huh. to rewatch this segment. And then after this segment, it was the um, Miracle Staircase in uh, yeah. New Mexico where... The, that was an earlier season. Yeah, that was season three, and they actually had a commentary on that one by by uh, the man himself, Mister John Cockstove, uh, was doing a commentary on that, and he actually said in the commentary, he goes, you know, if we hadn't been number one, you know, on, in our time slot on NBC at the time, they would not have let us, 
uh, do uh, an episode like this. And and j- because we were just doing so well in the ratings, yeah. we were able to start going into uh, these kind of religion stories or whatever. But the staircase one, that's interesting. No, that one is interesting. And I do like that one. But uh, it just kind of goes to show you how with with all the power they had from the great ratings, they, they yeah. you know, they want to expand and, and kind of go out of the borders is just murders, uh-huh. which is fine by me, because honestly, we probably wouldn't have gotten a lot of the alien yeah. segments e- either. For sure. You know? And here's the thing, with with uh, with the miracle staircase, that's fascinating. And there are some things about that that make you quite, you know... Well, see, that's actually a tangible thing you, that really exists. And make you be like, huh, maybe there is something supernatural or, or you know, uh, godlike or whatever, or some kind of religious connection to something like this that's not of this earth or, or you know, it's above <clears throat> us. Because there is some things about that staircase that make you like, how did he do that? Like, that's, that's really, that is a, a question mark. That is an unexplained thing. This is clearly explained, which is why I'm just shocked it was even featured, even in such a small segment. Um, it's, it goes right up there with the gold foil, uh, on that lady's skin, the, uh, infamous first UFO segment that the Gulf Breeze UFO, which was just a total breeze out of, uh, this guy's ass. Cause it was just totally made up. Um, and I mean, it also here's my thing also with some of these miracles like this one and like the one that we're going to talk about next like of all the things to show that god is real or you know there is such a thing as a god like light leaks and oh my god there's sparkles and glow you know pulsating colors and and the sun's pulsating and there's gold showers i mean of all the things did you just say gold? Did you say say golden showers? Yeah, I said gold showers. That's what they said. They're like it was like gold. You said golden showers. <laughs> Mike, are you into golden showers? <laughs> Mike, you're fucking growth. <laughs> no, that's that's what R. Kelly's into. That, that's his. Oh, thing. shots fired. Because <laughs> um, he likes to piss on you. Um, but yeah, it's, this kind of stuff is literally taking the piss. Like, we were just like, come on, Unsolved Mysteries. Like, this is the kind of stuff that should stay in the local news. And also, at the same time, it's like, like I was saying earlier, like, if there is a god trying to prove his existence, like, this is a really lame way to do it. And it's not going to convince that many people. And it's not going to be that compelling either. Yeah. Anyway, Father Solanus Casey. Uh, he was like the like hipster, or he would be like the 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 priest that hipsters go to because he was like lesser known and he was more underground. So yeah. uh, I don't know why, but I just always found this case like somewhat interesting for whatever reason. It is on the miracles set as well. Um, I, again, I don't know, and this might not even make for an interesting segment for us to cover. Yeah, I thought it was just pretty eh to me personally. And another thing, you know, with all the miracles that are associated with him, like out of all the people that have probably prayed to this father, you know, for for help or whatever. I mean, there's probably a higher percentage of people who didn't get any any help. Yeah. And get nothing. And 
They got jack shit. I mean, I'll, I'll pray to them right now and, and nothing will happen. And that'll, that'll be just one more to add to the list, you know? So. Oh, Josh, you gotta have faith, you piece of shit. <laughs> that would be really ironic if there's some Christian who's like, you know, you just, you just gotta have faith. You piece of stinking shit. What is wrong with you? You motherfucker. That's like, uh... <laughs> that would almost be like the, uh... I don't know, I can't think of... I can't think of what I'm trying to think of right now. Some, like, gruff, like, movie character who's trying to be religious, like... Mr. T. Yeah. <laughs> Although, he never swore. <laughs> Dude, I am now completely naked. I started off the podcast with clothing on, and I am completely naked right now, standing up, because my ass... Dude. My ass is sweating so profusely. Like, what the hell? What what evolutionary... Like, evolutionarily speaking, is it helping me by having <laughs> such a sweaty ass all the time? Can, can Darwin explain that? Why is that benefiting me? To have... Oh, gotta make sure his ass stays cool. You know, this this is your punishment. Yeah, you know, this is this is what you get for, for uh, being blasphemous in this podcast. No, this has been going on for you get a sweaty ass much far much longer than my ass has been sweaty much longer than me doing this podcast. Unfortunately, this is a too much information. Uh, podcast is it though with me? Is it too much info? I think it's just the right amount of info. Yeah, I hope I covered my webcam up or Mike. Mike might actually be getting a little sneak peek of uh, oh of, of all of me. <laughs> anyway, Bernard Casey was born in 1870, one of 16. At the age of 21, he dedicate he decided to dedicate his life to the church. Uh, he struggled at seminary school as he had not even finished uh, high school. He later withdrew and joined the Cap- Capuchin Seminary in Detroit where he was given the name Father Solanus, and for whatever reason, they only spoke in German and Latin. And in the uh, segment, the uh, professor's like, you know, Solanus, verstehst du alles? Which means, do you understand everything? And he said, ja, Herr, ich glaube schon. Which means, yes, sir, I believe so. So there's a little... Now, sure, they give you subtitles at the bottom, but it's cool that I can tell you that that it, 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 they're right. It actually does, you know, he is saying what they said he said. Anyway, he, um, he still had troubles with his studies. Once again, he was close to failure. However, some of his superiors recognized his spiritual character and proposed a compromise. He was ordained in 1904, but barred from hearing confession, preaching a sermon, teaching the doctrine, or molesting children. Some of the most precious duties of a... Oh, what the fuck? Who wrote that? Somebody edited this. That is... Well, I mean, it's called seminary for that a reason. That is so wrong. That was wrong. They they edited this Wikipedia fandom and put that up. They, I'm sorry, folks. It was just supposed to read hearing confession, preaching a sermon, or teaching a doctrine. I don't know how that other part got in there. Um, after he was ordained, he was sent to New York. For a while, he greeted the parishioners at a church in Yonkers. Soon, parishioners began coming there just to see him. He stayed there for 20 years before being transferred to St. Bonaventure's in Detroit. For more than 50 years, Father Solanus Casey was a church receptionist and doorman. For 50 years! A receptionist and a doorman. I mean, the guy looks, he's got that Santa Claus 
five. A very Tom. skinny, cracked out Santa Claus, though, for sure. <laughs> um, he was considered by many to be a miracle worker. Many have claimed that Casey has helped heal them in real life and in spirit, even after his death in August 1957. In 1966, he was proposed as a candidate for sainthood. In 1987, probably the most disgusting part of this segment, his body was exhumed to allow the church officials to look for signs that he might be val- uh, validate for canon- canonization. Yeah, because apparently the church officials, they have this whole thing where it's like, oh, if they're going to be canonized or you know, they're going to be sainted, you know, their, their body has to be remained preserved in some ways. You know, some way or another, because that's a thing, apparently. Um, although, you know, bodies can be naturally preserved through other means. You know, how they're buried, when they're buried, all these other things. Um, and who's to know that he wasn't... There was no involving... There was nothing that happened there. Like, they could say, that didn't happen. But, like, they could have done that. And then just lied to people and i mean we're talking about the church like the church i'm not saying all churches are like this there's a lot of churches that are great and have done a lot of good for this world but you know going back to all the way to the middle ages where you had the church had the most power they were corrupt as hell that's kind of a ironic statement corrupt as hell yeah and it's true i just don't understand why they have to open up the fucking casket and start poking and prodding at this yeah, there's a bit like, yo, it is 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 it decomposed it, yeah. or not? Well, a little bit. Is it decomposed enough? Is it rotting enough? Is it rotting? Oh, it doesn't look like it's rotting. Well, then he must be a saint. This just sounds like the kind of shit that... Oh, it's not, oh, it's, it's not rotting enough? Was he even dead? What have you been doing this whole time, you lazy <laughs> motherfucker? There's no way you can be a pre uh, uh, saintly figure. You've just been chilling in this bed for the last, like, 40 years. Oh no! He, no that's, oh, he is dead. Oh well, no, he's no, he's not a saint. Then he's just he's just a normal human who died like everyone else. No, I mean here's the thing. It's like this whole ritual that they do is is every bit as absurd as the stuff in the Salem witch trials, where they're like, oh, throw if she's a witch, you know, here's what we're gonna test and see if this this chick is a witch. All right, we're gonna throw her in a in the river. If she floats, she's a witch. If she drowns and sinks, she's not a witch. But, you know, <laughs> she'll be drowned, so it's kind of like a big whoopsie on our part. Yeah, well, I mean, you know, that th- th- they look at it as if, well, she didn't float, so therefore she's she's not a witch. So, hey, well, she drowned, whatever. Well, at least her soul is saved. <laughs> yeah, and that would probably be the logic, too, unfortunately. I- exactly. But I mean, here they don't even think about like a non-religious explanation or a non-supernatural explanation for why his body is is not uh, that co- decomposed. Yeah, it was gross. I mean, they sh- they actually like kind of showed the video of it too. I yeah. mean, not with his hands and face being darkened yeah. and the rest of his body was natural looking. Yeah, I mean, like. I don't know. There's so many different factors that come down to all that, and why you know. I'd like to. I'd like to know what 
the climate was like. Yeah, cl- what the type of soil? They, uh, the, was. Yeah, there's some. I mean, climate. You know, the the I, I would I would have to say like. You know, I mean, yeah, the person's diet. You know, I mean, a lot of these people they 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 believed in the Shroud of Turin, and that's been proven to be a one hundred percent a hoax. Really? So, well, I mean, because you had the whole thing where they did the carbon dating testing, and it didn't go back go back that far. And they can all like argue, well, it got burned at one time. Well, they they the test that they did was not on a burned piece of the of the cloth. <laughs> the entire thing didn't burn up. <laughs> yeah, I don't know, but anyway, um, I don't know. They got some other some supposed miracles here, but I, I honestly don't feel like going through them. Um, well, okay, so you have Charles Rogers. All right, I guess we're going through them. I'll go through them real quick. I'll help you out. Um, I did have some more of the Valley Lights, but I didn't really want to because there was like it was like from years later, and they're still talking about how. Uh, well, I'll just I'll just talk about that after help out Josh here with I'm Father, tagging you in, Mike Casey. So, following the examination, his body was placed in a special sanctuary in Saint Bonaventure uh, Bonaventures. Uh, to this day, many still pray to Father Solanus and visit his grave. For some reason, St. Bonaventure sounds like the name of a theme park somewhere. St. Bonaventure's Water Park. (laughs) St. Bonaventure. You got to go on the (laughs) new Cardinal Slinky. Like, I don't know. The new Cardinal Slide. The Sanctuary Slide. Um, But (laughs) to this day, many still pray to Father Solanus and visit his grave. Um... And find adventure at St. Bonaventure's. <laughs> Mike, you just won't be stopped today. <laughs> so, here we have uh, a couple miracles that are featured here. Charles Rogers. In 1935, 12-year-old Charles had a severe stiffness in his neck that went down to his legs. He was soon diagnosed with polio. The polio was a serious Oh, dude. That shit was like, thing. it was not fucking around back then. It was an epidemic. Yeah. Bad. Until they found a way to to uh vaccinate it a friend of his parents asked father solanus to pray for him he told the friend that charles would be better the next day just as predicted charles was walking around and healed by the next day his doctor confirmed that all polio symptoms were gone he lived to be 64 and never again was afflicted to polio with polio what about the other people and what about only living at 64 that's not like that old to die no. and then also i think polio i think there are there are cases of people who get over things naturally um they're like ebola there are there are actually people who have gotten ebola folks and lived ebola is not one of those like oh you get it and you're like dead and uh, and there's no there's no hope it's that's it you're done you're you're fucked and you always be fucked no there are a lot of people who have lived after getting ebola so i don't know if polio is the same but I think there have been cases of people who have gotten better. But then you also have something called the placebo effect. It's been proven to be pretty effective. And if you believe, and you're a believer, and all of this, and there's instances like where these faith healers, they have these mass gatherings, you know, where they heal people. There have been plenty of cases where people have actually experienced healing. And felt better. But then later, whatever it was that was afflicting them, 
came back and never really went away. Well, I mean, it's just like in Scientology when people get on the e-meter and they yeah. they have their their auditing, which is essentially a type of therapeutic kind of thing where they're admitting things they did, you know, their crimes and this, that, and mm-hmm. the other. And uh, they, you know, they talk about how they f- would feel better after doing it because of just kind of the confessional nature yeah. of it, you know, makes you feel it just talking about your your problems with with somebody else will just kind of mm-hmm. make you feel better as yeah. will I think that I think that there is some such a thing as positive energy and negative energy and I, and I think you know positive energy can definitely influence things in your life uh, as can negative energy um but when it comes to miracles like these the Charles Rogers David and Joanne Whit- Whitcop um I think a lot of it's just coincidence you know, or, or just a combination of, you know, this placebo effect that's gone on. And because of their faith, it enables their, the placebo effect to continue versus if somebody isn't really, you know, that they're not really, they're more of an atheist or not really that into it. They don't really believe that strongly in that kind of thing. Then that wouldn't really be as strong in terms of their mental state and how it could possibly affect their physiology. I think there is something to be said about mind over matter, but I don't think everyone has the same ability or the same uh, power, so to speak, to be able to do things like this. And there's a lot of people that can't, but I think there's like rare instances where something, they tap into something and then they get better. And I, I think there might be some kind of medical or mental explanation to that versus it just being some religious miracle. But I mean, it could be a miracle too. I don't know. But this is the thing. I don't understand why they're selective. I don't know. I'm getting bored talking about this. Yeah. So in the fall of 1990, Joanne, uh, she developed a lump in her breast. An appointment was scheduled with a surgeon to conduct a biopsy. When the Whitcoffs arrived at the hospital, they noticed a small prayer room. Inside was a portrait of Father Solanus. David prayed to him and asked him to keep his wife safe. Minutes later, Joanne and a doctor came out. Amazingly, they found the lump was no longer there. The Whitcoffs believed that David's prayer to Father Solanus helped save Joanne. Uh, in 2016, the Catholic Church approved a healing by Father Solanus to be a miracle. He will be beatified. Which I don't even know what the hell that is. On November 18th of 2017. So we already got be- beautified or beatified. That's when you... you By Warren Beatty. That's when you have to lie down on the ground and a circle of priests around you and just kick the shit out of you. It's like when you join a gang and you have to get beat in. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> um, but yeah, I, I don't blame you for being bored. That's kind of how I feel with a lot of miracle segments, period. But that's how I... I Add some kind of explanation. Please, for the love of God, let's move on to Colleen Wood. (laughs) You don't want to hear more about the Kentucky lights? (laughs) No, I don't. I appreciate the effort. If you want to hear more about the Kentucky lights, like you can join our Patreon because there is we did our original coverage of that, and um, 
I, I do believe I, I mentioned this article. I think it's going to uh, be a, tr- a true miracle when we move on from this topic. <laughs> All right. I get the point. You're the one that chose the miracle segments. <laughs> I, I, I thought I'd be able to just pull it off cleanly and make a clean getaway, but Mike held me held me there. Okay, so here we have Colleen Wood. So this is from season 12, and we actually have an Unsolved.com site to look over for this. So when Colleen Wood moved from Dayton, Ohio to Boca Raton, Florida, is that like the... It seems like Boca Raton is like this constant place of people who retire, right? They go to Boca Raton, Florida, you know, older... People, they, they're retired, they take their boats and shit and go to Boca Raton. Yeah, pretty much. I mean... Unless, unless, unless that's just... No, I mean, that there, me uh, there's a lot of, you know... The, the, it's the, making assumptions. It's the weather, you know, it's warm and blah, blah, blah. There's a lot of retirement communities out there. Um, there's a lot of Jewish people out there, apparently. I don't know why I know that, but that that's apparently a thing. So, yeah. So when Colleen Wood moved from Dayton, Ohio to Boca Raton, it was a culmination of a lifelong dream. Then Colleen met a former race car driver and Wall Street investor named John Paul. After a whirlwind romance, Colleen vanished without a trace. She's never been seen or heard from again. Her son, Michael Tanderich, recalls what his mother had told him about John Paul. My mother met John Paul through a personal ad. Okay, that's not a good sign. Why, Mike? That'd I'm, be like I'm, meeting I'm, somebody. I've met plenty of great chicks off of Tinder. That's, I guess, a little bit different. But at the same time, it's like, would you... This is like meeting somebody through Craigslist nowadays. I don't know about that. Yeah, probably. <laughs> I mean, you're gonna, you're probably going to meet, meet some shady people. Like, I mean, and probably that probably happened on Tinder, too. But the whole thing is... I, I just... I can't think of that many stories where someone's like, oh, you know... We, we met on a personal ad. We met through a personal ad. I, I saw her name in in the in the paper. I decided to call her, and then we met up and we fell in love and we got married and this has been wonderful. Like I, I don't remember ever hearing a story like that. Well, where it hasn't ended badly. I was at the Golden Nugget shooting pool and I had to take a piss and on the wall it said, "For a good time, call Amy." And well, twenty years later, we haven't been happier. <laughs> It sounds kind of tantamount to that. I would, I would feel like. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So, she met him. Uh, my mother met John Paul through a personal ad, looking for a sailing companion, and she was impressed with his credentials. He said he had an MBA from Harvard, and in the racing circuit, he was fairly famous, and he was also reputed to be wealthy due to his success in the in the ownership of a mutual fund company. He- and that could all be a lie. She was probably also impressed by his collection of yacht rock soundtracks, such as Chris Cro- Christopher Cross and Kenny Loggins and to, uh, Captain and Tennille. So, so uh, sailing yeah. was definitely a part, yeah, you, part you, of you, that you, collection. Fucking, you got it. I'm gonna ride, ride like the wind. You, you gotta have that. <laughs> if you're gonna be sailing on a sailboat, you better have some kind of uh, easy listening from the 70s you better have sailing sailing take me away <laughs> to where i wanna 
I still like that. I don't care what anyone says. That's a good song. Uh, I'm not. I'm not really a big fan of. Sailing. That's surprising. It, that it, seems like it'd be right up your does, alley. It does sound like Kermit the Frog. That's really what it does. <laughs> Kermit the Frog. Kermit the Frog's uh, album. It sounds like a more you know, mature, grown-up Kermit the Frog. Yeah, like he's settled yeah. down now. No more long-legged bike pedaling for him. <laughs> He's found the rainbow yes. connection, and he's well, that's a very that's a good. very different Kermit the Frog. That's a Kermit the Frog who's a little bit more flamboyant, if you know what I mean. <laughs> oh, God, man. you know there's a gay bar out there called the Rainbow Connection. There's got to be, and it's just like you know, the on, underneath it, like someday you'll find it, <laughs> <laughs> or tonight you'll find it. Tonight it you'll find tonight you'll find it exactly. Um, so Colleen and John fell madly in love. They were inseparable. They soon made plans to sail around the world on John's 55-foot schooner, the Island Girl. Ugh. Like, how tacky can you get? I'm telling you, dude, he's got that Yacht Rock soundtrack collection on his on his boat. He's gotta have, gotta, gotta be in there somewhere. I mean, definitely. Name of his boat's Island Girl. Well, see, this is also a time before everything was fucking ironic. So, I mean, in a way, I kind of enjoy it because, like, nowadays, everything's got to be like, oh, my boat's called the Dirty Slut or my boat's called, uh, you know, you know, just like some kind of, oh, that's... Cocksucker. Yeah, oh, that's so edgy <laughs> and inappropriate or, oh, that's so ironic or, you know, oh, my boat's called the Phil Collins, you know, huh? I don't really like Phil Collins, but, you know... It's, or Christopher Cross. Yeah, exactly, yeah. <laughs> I just, so, you know, in a way, it's kind of refreshing, you know, that, that this was a time before irony was really a thing, where, like, now it's like everything's got to be fucking ironic, like, you know, I mean, for fuck's sakes, people have ugly sweater parties, you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. come on now. The iron, the ironic thing, I, I don't understand, like, the people who ironically go to see bad movies, and are like, oh, like, that was so good. Like, it's like, you, that's the greatest movie you ever. spent money on that, okay, <laughs> whatever, to each their own, I guess. <laughs> I just like if it, if you really do get some kind of enjoyment out of bad movies, that's one thing. But if you're liter- if yeah. you're literally just doing that kind of shit so you can be like, you know, I just did it for the lols, you know, it's like yeah, you're kind thing, of a yeah. douche, you know. In my in my opinion, you know, just it's it's cool to like stuff that might not be cool. Being you is cool, so, Mike. Being you, that's what's really cool. <laughs> be yourself. <laughs> So, so far, we've imparted wholesome messages in this podcast. Never give up and be yourself. And a lot of uh, not-so-wholesome messages. The wholesome messages are kind of, like, massaged into the more rougher messages. Yep. The rough housing. Like, butt sex is wild and it don't cause a child. <laughs> That's one of the rougher messages. Okay. So, uh... Colleen sold her condo and gave the profit to John to invest $43,000. That's a mistake. Like, don't ever do that. There's some more good advice for you. Like, if you just met somebody, even though if you think you're inseparable and you're in love and uh, it's so great, you still don't know this person well enough to sell your condo and give all your money to them to invest. She moved in with him aboard the island girl and then quit her job. That's another mistake. Don't do that. So, in other words, don't be like Colleen. Clearly, she was going through some kind of midlife, like, soul-searching kind of thing yes. going on. Yes. You know? So, like Maureen Canada, owner of the Lighthouse, Lighthouse Point Marina, was Colleen's boss. And obviously, a in witness protection with a name like that. 
Uh, She's quoted here. She says, I was very, very shocked when Colleen told me that she was leaving. I personally was very concerned about her selling all of her assets to take this trip. On December 3rd, 2000, Colleen placed a call to her son in Ohio. She told Mike that the island girl was setting sail in a few weeks and that she would be in touch soon. According to Maureen Canada, she spoke to Colleen about 10 days later to invite her to the office Christmas party. Yeah, Maureen Canada, it does. It sounds really made up. Like a, a stage name or something. David Santiago. I called her cell, no, cell phone number, and she happened to be in Key West at a bar with John Paul. She sounded fine. She sounded like she was having a good time. According to Maureen, Colleen told her that she would definitely attend the party. Tuesday, the party came and went, and she didn't show up. But I just assumed that something had happened, possibly rough seas, and they couldn't make it back in the boat. Colleen's son also hadn't heard from his mother. She didn't call us for Christmas, Christmas Eve. And after New Year's, everyone was really worried. I would have been worried, like, on Christmas. <laughs> I know. That's what I thought, too, when I was watching. I'm like, okay, that's your mom. She's not calling you on Christmas. Like, why didn't that set off the red flag? I mean, that's kind of, like, douchey if you're a mom. To, like, not call. Yeah, let me, let me. Uh, I'm so in love with this guy, I barely know. Let me ignore my offspring that I raised from, you know, childhood. On Christmas, you know, even if they are your yeah. adult child. It's all like Christmas Eve. Like, well, why does he? I, I just find it funny. He's uh, doing calls for Christmas, Christmas Eve. And then after New Year's. So Christmas is, Eve is more important. I don't. Everyone was really worried. Friends and family were asking, haven't you heard? Because we know she would have called. I tried to call her on her cell phone and the account had been closed. That's where I'd be like, holy fuck. Oh, no. Yeah, that's when you get that sinking feeling in your stomach. Michael immediately contacted the police in Florida, but there was no evidence of any crime. Days turned into weeks and then months. Still, there was no sign of Colleen Wood. Michael Tanderich tried to track down possible sightings of the island girl. We spent the best part of January and February. I, I would, this, this particular term, I don't understand. Where they're like, we spent the best part of this month... And this month, it's like, where did this come from? It's, about, it's supposed to be the better part of, not the best part. Yeah. The be- but even the better part, like, where did that where did that come from? Like, we spent the better part of January and February. I mean, I, like, every month is is has got a better part to it. Like, I mean, what what kind of life are you, you living? Know, where like you have a better part every I, month? I, I, I gotta say, Mike, as as someone like myself who really does enjoy in breaking down these small, the small minutia of shit like this, even I have to say uh, th- this phrase doesn't bother me. So you're on your own. With I, that I, one. I get it. I get it. It's just I, for me personally, whenever I hear it, it's just like I don't. I don't well, understand like, the genesis that, that, That's of it. like that would be in the same group of people who hate the phrase um, "same difference," you know. Like, yeah. like, what do you mean "same difference"? How can it be same <laughs> if it's different? I understand. <laughs> All right, Jim Brewer, when you smoke some weed and 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 calm down. <laughs> I'm on Coke Zero, baby. So, uh, Michael searched the internet hoping to find an address. Uh, or maybe a phone number for John Paul. What he discovered frightened him. I ran across, across an article that said that he had served time in prison, that he went to a federal penitentiary for approximately 15 years, serving time for attempted murder. I'm still thinking they're on a boat, 
But I'm thinking she's on a boat with a killer or a possible killer. Or that she's already dead. That's what I would be thinking. Yeah, and the reason why he killed the dude that he went to jail for was because the dude snitched on him. So he's not... Yep. He's not... He doesn't take too kindly to people who uh, betray him in any way, shape, or form. So Michael learned that Colleen's boyfriend was a mastermind behind a drug smuggling ring in the early 1980s and that he had tried to kill his partners in crime. Colleen met John Paul less than a year after he was paroled. Colleen's family and friends were certain she knew nothing about John Paul's past because she didn't bother to try to do any research or try to dig. Which, I mean, most people don't. You just take people on, you know, most people take people on face value, like whatever they tell them. And I understand that. But, like, out of a personal ad? It's kind of like, that's exactly what you would expect to get. That's like, like typical personal ad, you know, candidate. Like, yeah. like everybody expects the murderer, the rapist, you know, the convict. Yeah. yeah and that's the Craigslist killer. It's kind yeah. of, we need to do an episode on the Craigslist killer. Um, but yeah, that's, that's exactly what, she, uh, what she got was, uh, that, that, that very thing that people are, she got a convict cocktail. Wow. That was, that wasn't a dad joke. That was, that was like bad, like sit that would be like <laughs> that'd be like bad made for TV movie uh, subtitling, like like yeah. uh, like uh, Jean Claude Van Damme in you know uh, the Sailor Girl cocktail of a killer. <laughs> no, I mean seriously, I'd, I'd watch you know I'd watch that movie. I yeah, I'm sure I'm I'm, I'm sure it is a movie that already exists in some <laughs> obscure form and you buy are... the convict cocktail. <laughs> convict cocktail. It's the sequel to cocktail. Oh, fun fact, that was actually Tom Cruise's first movie. <laughs> Random shit that Mike knows that nobody cares about. Next on No, his first movie I think was it was one of his first movies. I know it was a movie called Losing It. Oh, wow. <laughs> I think he was also, he had a bit role in um, Endless Love with uh, Brooke Shields. That one where she was in an abusive relationship, this one guy, and then the guy was such a, it was such a piece of work that like, he burnt down her house. <laughs> yeah. What's crazy about That's old a- Tom Cruise movies, it's like, he's got his post teeth correction movies. Yep. Mm-hmm. His teeth were jacked. Yep. Yep. God, it ain't no amount of Scientology auditing could fix those motherfuckers. That was that was pure Invisalign. <laughs> yep. So they asked about her disappearance. Uh, John would eventually give three different accounts of his relationship with Colleen, which he says ended on the rocks. That's never a good sign when somebody gives you three different accounts of something. That usually means they're hiding something. That's the kind of thing that'll cops look for in confessions coin's son michael was able to track down john paul's daughter she told michael that her father said that colleen had become upset over an incident involving one of john paul's old girlfriends and that she had been the one to end the relationship the news only further fueled michael's fears when i heard she'd broken up in december i was panicked completely panicked three days later john paul called michael with a second version of the story he told me that they had They had an argument. He said that he didn't remember what it was about, but after the argument, she left the boat. And then she came back with her football player boyfriend, and she gathered all of her belongings, and she left the boat and hasn't seen her since. 
I filed a missing persons report immediately with Fort Lauderdale Police Department. Like, do I really buy that she got it? She shacked up with you, was inseparable, and then broke up and came up, came on the boat with some football player. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like something you would make up that uh, would give you a good reason to have, like, you know, vitriol in your voice. Yeah, she came up here with her football player boyfriend and... You know, it it, it would yeah. make it easier for you to seem like you don't care where she's at, because uh -huh. maybe you were the one who murdered her. Exactly. And they did the reenactment, and and you don't really hear what's being shouted, but you know you get it. <laughs> you know, there there's a lot of reenactments like this where you don't necessarily because the narration is over it, so it might as well just be the the guy who's playing John Paul. And just yelling gibberish at, at the at the the woman who's playing a uh, Colleen. Yeah, or 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 in typical uh, PG thirteen unsolved mysteries dialogue, you're just a piece of trash. <laughs> you're garbage. God, I don't know. I don't know the last time I've ever called anybody a piece of trash or a piece of garbage. Call them garbage. I call movies garbage, garbage is one thing. Trash. trash is like seems less seems less intense to me. Calling someone a piece of trash. I don't know. Trash to think is. Worse. I could say something is trashy. Yeah. But I'm not gonna call. I don't know. I would say something saying someone's like a piece if I'm really mad at someone. If I, if I like walk in on my fucking wife cheating on me, I'm not gonna say you're a piece of trash. <laughs> I feel like you're garbage. Yeah, you like fucking poo poo head. <laughs> you fucking butthole. <laughs> Which is funny because I still said fuck at the beginning, but then I ended with a uh, very PG insult. It's kind of like a. There's a movie called Rookie of the Year. Um, you you've you I I, I I'm not gonna make a bet, but I, you probably have never heard of this. I've one. heard of it, but I've not seen it. Yeah, you haven't seen it. Well, at least you heard of it. So it's this this kid who, well, this didn't even have anything to do with the kid. Um, but the doctor, when he's testing the kid because he broke his arm and because of movie logic and kids, mo specifically kids movie logic, his broken arm healed in a way that enabled him to throw a 90 mile oh, an hour fastball. God. <laughs> so the doctor is doing a test on his arm and his arm flips back and hits him in the face. It breaks his nose. And he's all like, funky butt loving. <laughs> and, and that one always cracks me up because it's... <laughs> no one says that. And it reminds me of the Unsolved Mysteries type of swearing. The the, you know, you're a piece of the garbage. The doctor said that? Yeah, he was like, funky butt loving. <laughs> the doctor just accidentally admitted his deepest kinks. <laughs> And even some of the kid, one of the kids who was the friend of the kid with the with a broken arm, was like funky butt loving. <laughs> I, I yeah. I honestly think like if I was the parent of that kid, I would like file a complaint with the Better Business Bureau against that doctor. <laughs> I took my son into Doctor Gordon's office on Wednesday, November third. My son had a broken arm. Uh, the doctor did some procedure to my child's arm in, in some state of shock or reflex. He knocked Dr. Gordon in the face accidentally to which Dr. Gordon proceeded to say funky butt loving. 
<laughs> I feel this doctor needs to have his license revoked, and we would like to file a complaint. This is inappropriate speech to say in front of a minor and alone in this doctor's office. <laughs> I feel this is sexual harassment towards a minor. <laughs> and, oh, and that man. is how a, a Disney movie turns into a very real two-year statutory rape sentence. <laughs> wasn't Disney, but it might as well have been. It was a 20th Century Fox film. So, but now it is a Disney movie. Ah. Yeah, there we go. So, four months after Colleen was last heard from, investigators from the Fort Lauderdale Police Department turned up some suspicious activity on her credit cards. According to Detective Mark Show Shotwell, Shotwell, okay, <laughs> Sounds like another made-up name. Because he's a police officer. He just changes his last name to Shotwell, because I shoot very well. Boo! <laughs> Get off the stage! Boo! <laughs> so, in a two-month uh, period between mid-December to mid-February... An excess of 80 transactions, cash advancements totaling over $40,000 that occurred on Colleen Woods' cards. We were able to come up with a good, with good solid physical evidence that not only did Colleen Wood not make any of the transactions, they were not made with her consent. And they like, they show, it's like the reenactment or something that they have this idea that I think that, I think they showed some security uh, camera footage. And it's like some strange woman or something that showed up and took the money out. So that is a whole nother thing to it. It's like, who is this woman? She holds the key. Is she related in some way to uh, John Paul? And are you in like another room or something? No, I'm just getting ready to head out. Sorry. I'm like away, <laughs> away from the mic. I was like, what the fuck? He just left. Yeah, I gotta meet up with my buds at uh, the bar and do my normal Monday night routine. Oh, okay, alright. So, it wasn't Colleen... If it wasn't Colleen withdrawing cash from the ATMs, who was? The police are still investigating, and they only say it was a woman, perhaps more than one. Uh, also raising the suspicions were two ads that appeared in a local newspaper. According to Detective Shotwell... They were purchased with Colleen's credit card. Both of the ads were ordered by a mail. The first ad ran in early December was in the help wanted section looking for a first mate on a boat. The second ad that ran mid-December was in the romance mail seeking female section. I wonder if that's even a, a thing anymore. These ads, personal ads, you know, where people are looking for sex. Um, or companionship. It depends. Like, we have something in Jacksonville called the Folio Weekly, the thing I was harassing everyone uh -huh. to vote for us on and uh they, they had i think it was a missed connection it, it was like you know me you know a middle-aged dad bod having dog walker in memorial park you uh you know overweight blonde woman with a <laughs> large mole on your nose i saw you and your beautiful smile 
and your odor just turned me on. Please contact me at this, you know, like that's so bad. Me, <laughs> you. Yeah, it'll it was it's like something like caveman uh, uh, dating. You know me, you, me, you, me, you. <laughs> fuck. We fuck now. <laughs> oh man, this podcast is off the rails. Um. It probably it started off the rails. Let's just be honest. Like that's what a lot of podcasts do, folks. They start already. It's already a train wreck. But you know what? I bet people are going to find at least one bit of it funny, and they're going to find most of it offensive. So, had the ads been placed by John Paul, detectives weren't sure. They only knew that the second ad began running on December sixteenth, two thousand, about the same time that Marine Canada spoke to Colleen by phone, according to Marine. Colleen told her that she uh, told her then that she was partying with John in Key West and that everything was fine. Police finally tracked down John Paul, according to Detective Shotwell, and he said he had no idea where Colleen was and offered a third version of the break breakup. John Paul said that by mid in mid December, he and Colleen had a large fight over money. That Colleen would owe him money, and he made no effort to repay it. She had made no effort to repay it. But the alleged consistencies weren't all that, that weren't all that troubled Detective Shotwell. My partner and I both noticed that he was becoming increasingly more nervous. I found it unusual that he seemed to have so little concern over a woman that he lived with that he loved. Just a very unusual interview. Very little compassion showed on his part. Probably because he killed her. Despite the allegations, suspicious behavior, and inconsistent stories, there is no solid evidence to indicate Paul had anything to do with Colleen's disappearance. In fact, John Paul may have had no knowledge whatsoever about the mystery. According to Detective Shotwell, he has not been named a suspect in the case. We have no body, no physical evidence to show us what happened to Colleen. But I can tell you it's not good. I <laughs> no shit, Sherlock. No shit, Shotwell. Um, I don't believe Colleen Wood is with us anymore. Meanwhile, Michael awaits word on what happened to his mother. We need to find out what happened. We need to know if indeed he's responsible for the death of my mother. I really want to see justice served. And no, it hasn't been. Um, the news is not good on that front. So John Paul has apparently left town, violating the terms of his parole. Detectives would like to find him to question him again about the disappearance of Colleen Wood. And I don't know if they caught him again or not. Um, I will say this. Colleen Wood is more than likely dead. Oh, well, yeah. Um... And the whole thing of not finding a body, like, could have it's dumped in the, her ocean in the ocean somewhere. Yeah. Exactly. The vast, uh, the vast, vast ocean. And it's not even, like, unusual for them to be out there because, you know, that was their whole uh, thing. Yeah. So, no, I mean, uh, how, you know, he had, he had plenty of time to uh, dispose of the body and then, you know, mm -hmm. relocate and all that. So the last report the detectives have about John Paul's whereabouts was from 2009 when he and the boat were in Thailand. He intended to open a dive shop off the coast of Thailand. In 2011, John Paul reportedly sold the Diamond Girl. I guess he retitled it. You know, Island Girl wasn't fancy enough, so it's the Diamond Girl. Well, that was Girl after now. he got life insurance payout. He named it that. So he is still considered a person of interest in the case, but he's never returned to the United States. Sadly, Colleen has never been located, although authorities are certain that she's deceased. It's not good. 
So yeah, uh, that's the podcast. I don't. Uh, I know a lot of you are probably going to say the same thing. That was not good. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever, dude. This podcast was fantastic. This I give this one like a, a B plus. <laughs> well, I mean, here's the thing. Both of us are. You know, we had we hadn't done a podcast in like a couple weeks, so we're rusty. No, I think so I think go. we're. I, you say rusty, I say rejuvenated. This feels <laughs> like our marriage has been rekindled, and it's exciting again. <laughs> I mean, there, there are definitely parts, but and there are also parts that yeah. I'm going to have to edit out. But you know, because Josh got a little too extreme, said you know went a little too off the rails, might might have jeopardized some future. Uh, you thought you were with Stephanie? <laughs> uh, no, well maybe. I, yes, who knows? Anyway, because you know you could you know get away. You probably get away with those kind of jokes. Yeah. Anyway, um, so that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> if you want to join our Facebook group, go to Facebook and search under the groups tab, Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries. It's a really awesome group with awesome uh, people. Join the community. If you want to kick us some uh, some some coin on Patreon, you can get the podcast early, and you can also uh, send us suggestions for future episodes through there, and your suggestions will go to the top of the list. That's patreon.com slash Uncovering Unexplained Mysteries. And if you like me and Mike... But you don't want us together. Maybe you want us separately. Well, check out our separate YouTube channels. You can check out Mike's YouTube channel at youtube.com slash OCP communications. He's a movie guy. Mike, what was the last video you did? The last uh, video I did was a review of Tales from the Dark Side, the movie. Right on. And so it was a, it was a fun horror anthology. And I just uh, I watched Tales from the Hood last night. That's a really fun one. I think you might like that. There's a there's a political commentary and there's social commentary in that one. Um, Clar- Clarence Williams III is so much fun to watch in that. He's so over the top. Um, cool, cool, cool. Or the whole thing where he's like, this ain't no funeral home. And this ain't the Terror Dome neither. Welcome to hell, motherfuckers. Sounds exactly <laughs> like a movie I'd want to watch. If you want to go to, if you want to check out my YouTube channel, it's YouTube.com/slash/DancingWithGhosts. Um, we have a uh, takeover of a Facebook page coming up where my band is going to uh, be posting content on um, <clears throat> Devil Inside Records Facebook page. So give them a like and be following us on Halloween. We'll be posting content on there, st- doing live streams and stuff like that. And then I also do a bunch of videos about music and video games and all kinds of shit, fun stuff on my uh, YouTube page. So, yeah, um, hope you guys enjoyed this um, longer than normal podcast. Long rambling podcast. Oh, it was a fantastic one. Uh, Until next time, (laughs) have a good rest of your day and or night. Goodbye. See ya.